Hello and welcome to Hustle Talk. My name is Adam William Daniel Huey. How are you? Hope you are well. This week's episode, I have the pleasure, absolute pleasure, of being joined by a really good friend of mine, a lady by the name of Chelsea K. Vella. Me and Chelsea have been friends for a few years now. Uh, we were introduced through a uh, affiliate marketing business that we both do and did, and we just remained friends ever since. Um, she is an absolute awesome chick. She doesn't mince her words she'll tell you what she thinks um and she's she's someone i go to if i have something in my life i'm not too sure of or i just need a a chelsea spin on it um so it's nice to get the flip side of chelsea and actually what she does is a get into what she does as a day job what she does for her hustle to make a better life for her and her two beautiful daughters so chelsea is a holistic coach she is an author uh, she's yeah. There's so much I could say, but I'll I'll, I'll leave the podcast to for Chelsea to go into. She puts her heart and soul into everything she does, um, and she puts a lot of thought into everything, even answering questions. And we actually we get into that in the podcast. We talk about the little thing that she does, where you ask her a question and she'll she won't answer straight away. She'll sit back and she'll think about it. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> it was an absolute pleasure doing doing this podcast. It was nice to catch up with Chelsea, and hope you guys get some insight into the work that she does and resonate with some of the things that we spoke about. So, without further ado, here's Lady Villa. Hello, welcome to Hustle Talk. My name is Anne William Daniel Huey. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope you are good. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by a very, very good friend, a lady by the name of Chelsea K. Villa. Morning, Chelsea. How are you? Good morning. I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm truly blessed and truly honoured. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, Chelsea is a mama, an author, and a holistic counsellor. And that is where my introduction stops. So, Chelsea, please... Tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Ah, great. Hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for your time and for listening. I hope that we can give some value with this talk. Um, yes, I am. I am a mum. I've got two beautiful little girls. Um, they're four and six. I'm a single mum of them, and we're absolutely loving life. It's really good fun. Uh, I'm an author. A co-author of a book that was published towards the towards the beginning of this year. It's called When the Goddess Calls, and uh, it talks about um, essentially women's awakening. So there's a collective of us, about I think there's about 20 ladies in there who share a little bit about themselves, and yeah, maybe when they started to become awakened. Yeah. And yeah, it's really, really, really quite cool. And then holistic counselor. I have been doing that for a few years and um, essentially that's just really combining um, yeah mind body and spirit together when we're when we're yeah going through like a counseling practice which has been really cool and really something that I quite um, needed a few years ago when I when I saw like counselors and stuff like that I just kind of needed another edge of support and yeah. love essentially so it was it was really really cool and I just fell into it and it just seems to be embracing me and I, I just love it so yeah that's what I do a nice little breakdown so we'll start 
firstly, we'll just get straight into the holistic counseling. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, break it down a little bit more into the finite of what you do or what you did for yourself firstly, and then now what you do for others. Cool. Cool. So what I do and then what I do for others. So what do I do for Can you ask me again? <laughs> so you said that you, you got into the holistic counselling because it helped you to start with. So what was it that you did to help yourself initially um, and going through what you're going through? What, what was it about the holistic counselling that helped? Yep. Okay, cool. So I remember when I went to go see a counsellor, um, it was a while about, it was a while back, I think we went to like a couple's counselling or something um, with my husband back then and it seemed uh, really quite dry and it didn't, I didn't really feel the love in it mm. and as I, when I walked away from it I felt really open but then I felt like that I didn't have any support and I'd been cracked open that opened up these wounds we'll call them and then I kind of had to fumble my way through everything else. I didn't have any support or love or, or anything to support me and it just made me think that there was a gap there was a gap within the system and there has to be something like all well and good for us to be talking about like the mind and what's happening with the mind and then obviously the body but then there had to be some other connection that can really help us through or some alternative therapies or something that can really support us after when all of these things have been open we don't we don't essentially know what's going to happen when anybody goes into a counselling session or a, um, a, to go see a psychologist or psycho psychiatrist, whatever, or a coach. It, it can be anybody really, yeah. um, somebody initially to speak to. And it really led me on the path to start researching what that gap was. And when I went down the rabbit hole of how can we, how can I feel supported in the, in another way, it was when, they call like spirit you can call that universe god if you're religious whatever it is it's that actual connection um that can really make you feel whole again so i studied like crazy and was looking for all of those um different ways that we could help people in the future when they are going to get support or get get help so yeah. i think that's the reason why I, it chose me because i always like to think that um a line of this type of work chooses you as opposed to you choose it. Yeah, it's very true. Very, very true. So yeah, it's kind of that break from the traditional go and sit on a couch, talk about your feelings, and then you walk away and that's it. That was kind of the the, the dry counseling that you had experienced. Yeah, yeah. And I and then we kind of, and it's not like that you can go pick up the phone and say, Hey, like, can you help us out? It's sort of like, okay, yep, your time's up, it's done. Yeah, very very stringent kind of you've had your hour now see you in a week's time There's, yeah yeah I, I always I always remember looking at those things like in films you know from the 80s or the 90s where people go for counseling and they're lying on a couch and they're telling their problems and then you think okay then they get up and walk out the door it's like then what do they do what do they do for that time in between and that's obviously the gap that you had seen as well yeah you know what happens like people well, personally, I, I could have easily fallen into a state of depression or mm. I could have easily fallen into, like, sadness. And I think I even did. Like, I cried for, like, a few days after because I was just like, like, 
like, what do I do now? And it was like that, but I'm blessed that I had the resources from my own knowledge from reading books and also um, being supported by incredible, like my soul sisters and soul brothers who have been able to talk it out. But some people don't have that. You know, some people don't have the opportunity to um, dive deeper because there's, there's a block. So I think that that was definitely the gap that just, yeah, threw me into it. And it's beautiful to know that once you just go to one of these um, sessions or when somebody allows time for you to simply be you without any masks and you can be all of you. I was speaking about this to um, my girlfriend last night, um, how beautiful and how powerful it is when you can just go somewhere because sometimes we can't talk to our you know, our, our partner about something, yeah. or sometimes we can't talk to our best friends about it or our family members, but to be able to go and speak to a complete stranger who genuinely loves you for who you are and there's no judgment and you can just drop it. You can just go if you want to be, if you want to just go blah, you can. If you just want to even sit there and just cry. I've had um, beautiful women who just come in, they've just sat down and as I said, you're completely safe to be whoever, whatever you need to be and it's just cried. It's like that release of going, oh my gosh, I don't have to put on a face today. I don't yeah. have to be strong. So it's a really like a safe zone, comfort comfort zone type area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah not, some people can flip that as well. Like people can love to open up to somebody they don't know and just get it all out and feel that it's not going to be judged. They just need to get it out of their head, get it out of their system. Um, but then people can be on the other side, like I don't know this person. Why Why would I tell them all my stuff? Um, and then that's probably what blocks them from actually helping the problem or fix the block. Whereas if it's done with love and, you know, just sheer empathy of want to help the person, regardless of whether you know them or not, it's, it's, it seems to be a, a, a lot easier way to deal with it. I find that when people are forced, to come to a session like they're the ones who are more reluctant to open up and I think mm. that um that should be a really powerful question like if the miso or the missus is going you need to go see a counsellor or you need to go get help it's all yeah. all the flip side the man doing that because you're crazy whatever um it, it has a really different kind of energy and a feel and of course if I got, if I was to be told that I had to go do this then I would literally be like oh this person's going to judge me this person's going to write down on their piece of paper and be like mm, and pull out everything mm. and I think that that is absolute what you say is absolutely valid because sometimes People just don't want to. And I think that counsellor also has a very icky kind of attachment to it because, um, yeah, like when people say you want to go see a counsellor, it's like, oh, you've got problems. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I can completely, yeah, I can get that. Yeah. so it's, it's that about, stigmatism. It's, exactly. It's that stigmatism, to it, which is just rubbish. It's actually really, it's, if we're really going to break it down, it's talk therapy. It's somebody who's, who's just going to sit in front of you and just listen to you speak. And all we mm. really do is ask questions about like what's going on. So yeah. I would love to yeah shift that stigma of counsellor as you've got problems to yeah, just a talk therapist even because that's, that's so much more softer and so much more beautiful, 
think. Yeah, it's, I think it's a generational thing. Like uh, what I'm finding, the more people I speak to about all of these types of things is there's a new generation, specifically from our generation down, that are more open to all of this. Yeah. Um, like older generations, mums, dads, grand, granddads, they don't talk about stuff. They lock it down. So they, they were probably the first generation that was forced to go and see counsellors um, and have that, oh, you're going to see a counsellor, oh, you must have something wrong with you. Whereas now there's a lot more people who are, are open to opening themselves up and they can't do that by themselves. They have to go and see someone who knows to ask the right questions. Like you say, the talk therapy, the, the, the brain dump of getting what's in your head that goes around in a vicious circle of, uh, I'm this, I'm that. And when someone knows to ask the right questions or, or say the right things that come out of you, I think there's a lot more people that are open to that now with our generations, which is which is obviously a good thing because that means that the the next generation that come along will have been parented by semi-normal parents, if you can say that. <laughs> Looking at home, conscious parents. <laughs> conscious parents, that's probably a better word for it. Also, I think that when you throw the word holistic um, in front of it, it also attracts a specific type of um, person. So yes. some people want clinical um, counsellors or clinical psychologists and or psychotherapists, uh, whereas other people want that holistic. So holistic is also just another, maybe we could use the term like a, a religious or a spiritual counsellor. So that's yeah, incorporating, as I said earlier, like God or the universe or whatever you want to call somebody yep. who has a faith other than, or a faith in yeah, something. Like a, a higher power type thing, whether that be God, universe, source whatever yeah and once they see that holistic or that then that kind of captures their attention and go all right cool this person um yeah i, I kind of see it from that perspective more than anything else so yeah yeah with that being said and obviously you, you mentioned your soul brothers and sisters that do you see a lot more women than men or as are guys more open to coming to you opposed to being forced by the partner like you said i think women more so hmm. but then there's definitely uh there's definitely men as well who uh who, would, who are attracted to that kind of energy because they're also tapping into that softer kind of um approach but i really do i align a lot with women Mm -hmm. um, in the space and then I think that when I do speak to men it's more so to help them see uh, the perspective of their women yeah okay so they can un understand the, the flip side of their relationship a little bit better yeah absolutely and I'm really um, grateful that a lot of the men that I speak to they're open to it and they mm -hmm. want to explore that more to understand their other person and yeah because I don't really because I'm massive on, on unionship when it comes to anything with couples. I just believe that everybody should love each other and be and support their person through whatever journey it is that they're going through. Because it yeah. is a journey just as anything else. So um, I think that when I first started, it was very much like, what was it? Very, it was very much like that. But now that I've been journeying through it more, so uh, like my partner and I, when we separated and we're now divorced, and it's been able to see the other side and still be able to have 
love and compassion for that other person. So we really practice um, conscious uncoupling and being able to support each other during that transition transition in a really quite nice kind of light. Of course, it's never as easy as what it is, but being able to support women through that transition has been something that I'm really passionate about, which has been really cool. Yeah, yeah. You've been been through it yourself. You've got you know, a little bit more of an understanding of the the pros and cons to how to deal with it opposed to someone who you know is just doing it from a university degree so yes and yeah you're too little you can clearly see by your two little bubbles that it's worked whatever you guys did whatever you guys are doing you know the the two little ones are you know they're full of love and joy whereas that's not always the case when some relationships break down it's always the kids who suffer um coming from a a separated family myself ours wasn't as rosy as as some may be um so yeah to, to hear that people can actually do that and do it consciously for themselves and their kids is very very it's nice to hear thank you it's uh it's not for the faint-hearted no, no <laughs> i'd say so. So there's a lot of work that goes into it oh yeah and it's constant work on our on ourselves because it only takes it takes one person to consciously uncouple um it's fabulous if we got both on board but it takes one person because it's that um what is it it's an equal exchange and it's an exchange and if you're dishing out hate well if someone's going to dish out hate to you a natural reaction is to just mirror that and mm. I think that when you fall in love with yourself and the process and understanding why you're doing what you're doing, like that's where the magic is. And that's when you can actually come from a place of compassion and understanding. And when we take it from a higher perspective of what's, how, how is this going to impact us in the long run is my reaction today. Is that going to hurt somebody? And because they didn't, you know, the saying like, something about hurting your words hurt and they, they stick like words mm. do stick by humans sticks and stones may break my way so no it's not that one either <laughs> but words, <laughs> when it, words do hurt you words do they hit yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah and and they can words can be fired off in the heat of the moment without even you consciously knowing the intent behind what you say and once they're out, it's very hard to get that trust back from that person. I'll say, oh, sorry, I didn't mean what I said. It's done. Like, the words are out there. So, yeah, yeah they are. Words are, words are was it, words, the pen is stronger than the, the sword or something. I know what you're saying. I know what you're yeah, saying. We've got lots of, like, analogies. <laughs> <laughs> none, none of them make any sense, but we know what we're trying to put down. <laughs> and I think that that's true because you can't unhear like you can't unsee. And I think that uh, when we are going through something, um, just being really aware of the impact that it can have on a person and how, um, I, re I remember this one thing, I was, at a, I was in Bali and I was at a yoga retreat with my sister and she was going through some stuff and she was really cranky and her and I were sharing a room. My sister and I have a really great relationship. She was just cranky and it was just annoying. And I just said, oh, you know, whatever you're doing, just get over it. Like, who cares? And she's a beautiful Sagittarius and she's, she's fiery. She's got some fire in her. And she just, she just kicked off. And her and I had this big fight and it was, it was epic. And then she stormed off and I was like, oh, you know, just 
what, what a drama. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. And then I ended up going to speak to a lady. This is um, with EQ, one of the places that um, Aaron and I have uh, done like a coaching thing through. Yeah. And I just spoke to one of the mentor ladies there. And she's, and this is where I learned that. And she said, just because I said that, that reaction um, that she had, or from me not being sensitive about what I was saying, like kicked her off. Whereas mm. if I was sensitive about understanding that she was not in a good place and she was going through some stuff, all I really needed to do was not say anything. But because I was already in the heat of the moment, I fired that up. And from that, she kicked off. But I, luckily, we're in a controlled environment. But something like that can impact in the long run. We don't know what could happen. So I think that that's something that I've been really conscious of whenever somebody is in a state of um, sadness, anger, frustration, whatever it is about yeah. how that can play out just from our own reactions. Yeah. Yeah. You can certainly, your reaction can stoke the fire as when it's not needed if you're, if you're not conscious of what you're saying. Yeah. I, it's something I'm learning very quickly too. Should yeah. listen. There's something I, I've learned recently is to listen before talking um i said someone someone i think i actually think it was laura she put a post on our, our our page the other day and it was what would you tell your 15 year old self and that was one of the things i was like i would tell myself to listen not shoot off at the mouth like that's one thing i've learned over the past 10 yeah since 25 yeah 10 10 15 years to listen before actually just shooting off at the hip and it's interesting because i what i do that and a lot of times when people ask me a, a question i'll freeze you do i love it you said i can vouch for that you do you can see you go, you go into chelsea think mode i love it <laughs> i've had people brought this bring this to my attention and it looks like i'm i don't even know what it looks like but i just freeze and it's sort of like you can see me uh, thinking what the answer is is it right or wrong but that's also because yeah, it's that think before you speak thing. But I actually noticed that it was, there was also a time or a point was because I was fearful about what my answer would be. So it wasn't because I was actually thinking about the right thing, but it was more so because I was worried about if my answer was going to be right. So Worried I've, because of how it would affect the other person or worried because of how they would react? Sorry. And also worried about how it would make me look as well. So there was oh, a, okay. self, a self-worth thing that was happening in that time. And I think now I'm getting a little bit quicker with answering things, but sometimes I'm, I'm not. But I do process what it is that I'm going to be saying so that I can, what comes out is actually genuine and for the intention of the other person as well, hmm. which I think has been really powerful for me. Nice, nice. But yeah, you definitely do. When we ask a question, you go, hmm. And then you can see that your, the clogs are ticking. So I'll vote for that one. Um, and if I understand, then I ask you again. And, and then I repeat. I think that this is a really great pointer for anybody if we're talking about listening skills. 100%. Really, yeah, you yep. repeat the question or ask them to repeat the question. And then you, I think I did it earlier today. You repeat the question and we repeat it again. Or... 
you say the word of the last sentence and then yeah, you question it and then that just opens up doors to um, the possibilities of the answers could be because there's so many answers to anything. Yeah, not always right, not always wrong, but it's just there's always there's always an answer and it and it's the um the interpretation from the other person as well about what you say what you can what you say can be completely interpreted the other way if it just comes if you don't think about it like if you just say it quick off the cuff you know one because you haven't fully heard what the question is or the intent behind the question from the other person as well like they could be asking something but not actually want the answer to what they've asked they just want to gauge how you are so yeah take taking the time to actually listen repeat the question gives the other person the time to think is that actually what i was trying to say or is that what i was asking it's yeah it's a conversation it goes both ways it's it's how it should be and even if i go back to and absolutely totally goes both ways and if i go back to that um that scenario that i was speaking about with my sister for me, I thought I was doing a great thing. Like, you know, <laughs> short, sharp, get short, sharp, get over it. Like we've got this, da, 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 but it wasn't. And I think that that's where you just got to be a bit mindful of mm. it. And even when you just got to go by sense and feel a lot of the time and who your person is in front of you. Very, very true. So with, with your holistic counsel, what are some of the practices that you do to firstly for yourself get yourself in the the space to be able to hold space for the person and then when they're there what what type of things is it that you do with your counseling so meditation is something that i really love and uh, so essentially what i would do is i would uh, put i would sit down have a little bit of a chat and then we go into a meditation process and I think what that really does is it allows the person to become really present with where they're at in that moment and encourage them to feel, just to feel everything. And then I kind of, I go by like the flow. I really do. I think that I do love structure, but when you're like that, I just don't think, I let them dictate to me what it is that they need in that moment. And then somehow... I think that with all the knowledge that we learn over the times, we just, we just adapt and go, all right, cool. I've got that tool in my box mm. that I remember. I'm just going to grab grab that one and maybe this is going to be the thing that them will support them. So I was lucky enough to complete my NLP um, practitioner's course and, and then also do my master's in Reiki as well. So I feel like that I do have these... Um, tools to be able to help people whenever or wherever they need sometimes they just need a chat yeah and i think being able to talk is sometimes for me especially talking can be my healing process and i encourage that with people to sometimes just talk it out but i know sometimes people have trouble being able to do that and sometimes people don't know what to say because maybe they've been silenced previously or if or they worry about if what they say is going to be a bad reflection on them or bad reflection on somebody else whereas it doesn't have to be that way like you can yeah. talk through it yeah yeah it's truth is a big one as well a lot of people don't want to either hear the truth or say the truth for fear of judgment or fear of hurting other people but at the end of the day truth you know sometimes you have to hear it whether you like it or not 
to be able to grow and move on and move forward. Um, but yeah, nothing like a good old chat. It works. I think that we all have, and women, is, women especially, I've been doing quite a lot of uh, research with like women um, and how like that is our mode of communication. So, and it's so different with men. So, you know, you ask your man, hey, like, how's your day? That's good. And then we're sort of like, well, what do you mean? Like, tell us more. Like, can you explain like what happened? Why was it so good? And, you know, guys would just be like, yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a good day. Whereas we're like, oh my God, like, why does he want to share our day with us? Like, what mm. did he like us? And we go through this thing. Whereas if you ask your missus or your partner, how was your day? She'll be like, oh, I woke up and it was such a great idea. I went into the shower and it was really cool because I was looking at the mirror and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's only been an hour and she's gone through, it's taken five minutes to tell you about an hour. And yeah. that's because we love to explain things in detail and that way of communicating. I don't know, can you relate to that? Yes, 100% I can relate. That's, yeah, men seem to just give a, a bullet point answer and move on. Um, probably because their day, depending on what they do, their, their day is just their day. It's what they do to pay the bills and they just get out of that. But put them in front of a, a sports match or a, a soccer game wow. or a footy game or something, and they'll tell you the finite of everything that's going on. Um, and yeah, say it's the say, same at home here. Like Laura could tell them, obviously she's at home all day with the kids and then she'll, she'll work on her Sundays and tell me a million things. How was your day? Yeah, my day was all right. Same thing, same thing. Shit, different day. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a very strange one. But then, so what what other research have you have you found in looking into that about conversations? Like how how could men um, elaborate more? What does the research say? Yeah, cool. So um, I have been following um, Alison Armstrong. So she's a um, she does lots of things on Audible. And she's absolutely fantastic and she really breaks down um, uh, men and how they think and also women, how they think as well. So um, if anybody wants to deep dive into that, like definitely go check out her stuff because she's absolutely fantastic. Um, For women, and this is something that I've really done, women should should just talk to their girlfriend because their girlfriends handle it really well. Like we can just, like if you get on the phone with your girlfriend, like an hour can be gone just like that. Whereas, you know, I feel like that sometimes, yeah, men just aren't designed like women are to hold space for an hour for us to go through every single little bit of detail. You are factual. You're people, you like to get straight to the point, um, look for the problem and you solve the problem. But then sometimes we don't want you to solve the problem. We just want you to go, hey, like just hear us. That is so, so true. I actually listened to a podcast the other day and it was... um... Jordan Peterson and he was talking about that exact thing so even from like caveman times and from way back when or from like colonial community times it was all the women would go down to the river to wash the clothes that would be and that was where they would gossip they would talk about things they would learn things the men would go out and hunt and when guys are out you know hunting minimal talking nothing they'd go out get the job they provide they come home they bring the food they bring whatever um and it stems from there so like that's exactly it's, it's the exact same it's, it's maybe not the exact same thing but it's a similar thing to what you're saying man goes out does his day job 
he provides for his family because that's you know that's what the classic male image is supposed to do comes home and then he just wants to relax doesn't want to do anything the women have been out with the kids all day or the friends and the chat 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 and then like, hey honey how was your day don't want to have a part of it so yeah it's strange where it all stems from like how far back that can go i think it's fabulous that um the people are starting to come to terms with this because we are just the evolved version of that yep. and when we really break it down to its core essence of what a man does and what a woman does and i know there's there's so much stigma these days about you know our feminists coming through and being really independent and standing on their own but the reality is like we need it's a union if, yeah. if we were to break it down to the most simplest form uh men and well even with women so women's bodies are designed to have babies like yep. that, that we're designed to procreate men are designed to pregnate us i suppose but yeah. it's just one of those things that if we go back to that and really explore that and if we brought it back to the true essence of who we are today it just makes so much sense yeah it makes yeah. So much sense yeah. yeah well it's like the, in, in in any relationship in any standard relationship i say standard very loosely because <laughs> you can't you know you can't get into the whole <laughs> correctness of it but the female wants a man to want and protect her. Now, yeah. this will, a lot of feminists will lose their shit when we say this, but essentially, that's. We're going to stir some pots, but you know. Yeah, what? I, but it, it needs. Yeah, it's it's a conversation that needs to be had, and yeah. most males. I can't speak for everyone. Want to be the protector, the provider. It's it's what, like you say, it's what they're built to do. Like it's they court they start a family they protect their wife they protect the family and in whatever facet that means whether that's like physically financially you know just being there as 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 a man as a father um but then yeah now with all of the feminists and the you know the masculine toxic energy and all this crap that gets thrown around it's just it makes it harder for people to have a, a bog standard normal couple like they see people doing the, the female thing of looking after the kids, what going to work, coming home, looking after the kids, the husband goes to work. And it's, it, it's essentially they just two, like you say, it's a union. Two people want to, one wants to, both want to be loved, but one wants to feel protected and the other one wants to feel protector. Yeah. And I'm finding that with the, with the beautiful men that I've um, been speaking to, you're absolutely right. And, um, I have this conversation with um, men quite a lot and every single one of them have been, maybe perhaps the men that I speak to are, are very conscious um, as well and that protector thing is so strong in who they are in their DNA. You know, it's like I want to protect and I want to provide. Yeah. And again, whatever form that may be. So it's really beautiful and it's really cool that, um that we can do that but as a woman i want to be protected i want to feel safe and i think that i've i've discovered that a little bit more ever since becoming a single mum because i suppose as a single mum like because i always I, I always wake up before the girls wake up so that i've got an hour 
um, so that everything's ready for them when they wake up. And then yeah. I always go to sleep after them mm. as well. So, and I think that being a mum and having to go to bed in our house alone versus being um, in like a, a relationship, but there is that kind of element of that was safety. And yeah. every, that when you feel safe, it's like, oh, I can just, I can just relax. Relax. I yeah. Can relax. And I think that that's something that we really do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we love. So it's cool. But, but sometimes when things are a little bit skewed with women's um, energy, sometimes what can happen is if they're too much in their masculine, they won't let others protect them or they won't let them take on that role so it's yeah. really been able to understand or let somebody in for that role as well which is really important yeah it's it's all well and good and saying that this is this is how it should be but yeah if you're if your energy is, is completely out of whack and you just won't that won't be the case for you and that's not the case for a, a lot of women not everyone wants that and i know plenty of my mum was a single mum for a long time as well and she was the, the protector the provider and everything for us so yes it's a very uh, interesting conversation to have and it can go down many many routes especially in this climate of the madness that we have where everyone has their opinion and everyone's opinion is just right depending on who you speak to so <laughs> and then now you're Let's touch on the author aspect. So your your book, what was the name of it again? Just so that When the Goddess Calls. So how did how did that come about, the collaborative collaboration? Well, how did that come about? I I as always ran I ran to a beautiful person and she had a business and she was actually helping me through my separation, mm. which was absolute and it, she was an old alternative um, healer and I was really drawn to her and then her and I actually became really good friends and then she said that she was collaborating with a lot of women in with this and they were just sharing their journey which was really it was really beautiful and it was really cool to be able to step into that and. I actually found it really tricky. I found it really tricky to write uh, this chapter of the book because it was a really big healing, raw element for me. It mm. brought up a lot of emotions. It brought up a lot of memories. And I had to, it's almost like I, I didn't want to go there because I'd been ticking along so well. I've been doing so well. But when there's, a, there's an essence of something that happens when you write your story. And it, it shines light on things that you didn't want to be seeing and it brings everything up. So I was really, I, I had a lot of anxiety behind it. I didn't really want to tell anybody that I'd done it. Um, today I still sort of get like um, a little bit of doubt because it is raw and it is real. But in the same sense, it is, it's beautiful because other people who have read it, they benefit from it and they can see and, and feel what I've been going through. Yeah. So other people can resonate with it. And and yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's been, it's been really it's been beautiful. And I think that when I think about it more about 
what that meant to me. It was never really about me. It was more about the impact that it could have. It could be it's a, a letter to my girls when they're older, if mm. ever they go through anything, like how they can still stay in, and shine in their light and still be a good person and to respect all parties of whatever's happening and to actually really um, trust their intuition with what they're doing and where they're going. And even though people don't know what's going to happen or the end result, but still trust it. But it's really about trusting your gut and just doing something, even if it doesn't make sense. Mm, Just go and accept in the process of what it is, the journey that you're on. Was yeah. it, did you, was it a, a healing process, even though you, you didn't want to for yourself, you didn't want to delve into it, you didn't want to share it, but do you feel a lot better for doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a healing process, definitely a spot of um, respect, more so to everybody and everything. Um, I'll sort of just touch base with this. So it was when I turned 30, I think I'm 31. Yeah, I'm 31. <laughs> and it was last year. I must have been 30, but I was going through this thing. Um, and it seems like a very common thing with the women that I've spoken to around about their 29s or their, their late 20s, early 30s, like something kind of happens and it's like their world kind of shakes up. So this is just my experience with, um, with the beautiful women that I've connected with. And it's almost like they take a, like a turn or they realise there's something more that they have to give. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's what I was really going through. But it can come through like a massive, like, crash. And it can be it can be a really dark time. Some people really experience it from, like, a form of depression. Some people experience it from, you know, a, a relationship breakup or breakdown. There's all sorts of different ways that it can sort of happen. But what I've really realised is, they call it the dark night of the soul. That's what it is. And it's just some, have you heard of that concept? I have, I have heard of it, but elaborate a little bit just for the listeners. Yeah. It's just like this dark spot that happens and mm. you could be in the dark spot for a while or you could be, or, or you can transition from it quite quickly, but it's just something that shakes up your perfect little world. The thing that you had beforehand and just, and you just sort of go in there like, what the hell is going on? And that's what I was doing. I was really going, what is going on? What am I doing? Yeah. What the hell? And then like, that's when everything sort of shifted for me because I was making decisions of something that didn't make sense. And I didn't have any idea why I was doing it. Mm. So it's yeah. like an intuitive thing that you actually knowing what was, why you were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm here being able to share that experience in such a, in a beautiful way, more so than anything else. So, and give, and to let people know that it's okay. It's okay to not know. Um, But yeah, you just got to, you got to trust those gut gut instincts of where you're going. Yeah. And that'll be a a huge relief for some people who do feel that they are lost or they don't know what they're doing and why the hell is this happening to me? But yeah, to, to have that, to go, Oh, okay. Well, I'm not the only one. It's, it's amazing. The stories, the stories and the pain that you go through, um, as well as healing yourself once you come out the other side, but the, 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 um, the ripple effect that that can have for other people who maybe don't understand why they went through stuff after, because some people go through stuff and they're just 
either blank to it emotionally or just block it out. They don't want to deal with it. They don't know how to deal with it. It's just, oh, that was part of my life. But the undercurrent effect that that can have, if you leave that lying dormant, is just like a, a, a an energy block. It's, you'll never move forward. So the, the, the fact that people have got that and they can get that from you is, is a beautiful thing. Beautiful, beautiful thing. So, what is the what is the long term plan? So, what have you got coming up? What's do you plan long term? Oh, yeah. I was going to swear that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I I've got big goals. I've got like I would just love to really be able to make an impact and be able to help as many people as I can. I know that that seems really cliche, and people say, "Well, everybody says that," but I genuinely, in my heart of hearts, feel that. And if me going through what I've gone through previously is a stepping stone for me to be able to reach people and really connect with them on that level, then absolutely. We're starting a podcast as well called Soul Chats, which is really, um, it's a collaborative of women and men, which is going to be happening. So you're going to be coming on that one. Nice. Definitely and do that. I think the concept behind that was just really being able to break down those big things when people step on to the um, spiritual path or come back onto it, whatever it is for you, is to be able to break down those really difficult things that people or words or phrases that people throw around, like, you know, when somebody says you've got to do the inner work, like, what does that even mean? So, and I know that over the years, I'm like, what is the inner work? What does that mean? I'd get frustrated when people would say that. Yeah, all of these cliche words that people throw around spirituality that, they just use and they don't actually know what they mean. They don't. So I think that when when I was thinking about that um, with the collaborative of Soul Chat, it's really cool to be able to break that down. So to grab those things and put it in a step-by-step, factual, easy system so that you can still just get through. So that's mm. something in the pipelines at the moment. And nice. yeah, excited about it. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, I look forward to hearing that. And it's, you touched on something there when you said about people on a spiritual journey or coming back to it. And that's the thing. Some people start this journey, the spiritual journey, and then life gets in the way or they don't follow it or something happens. But it's always something that you can come back to. Like I, I have only started to delve into it over the past two years. Like I've gone 30 years of my life, or 33, 31 years of my life not even thinking about it, not even contemplating that it was a possibility to go down the spiritual route that I have. And then something happens in your life and you wake up and think, there has to be something more. Um, and it just takes that one thing to just, yeah, set you on this path of what's it all about? Who am I? What's going on in the world? And yeah, it's not as all as woo-woo and airy-fairy as what people think. And that's what I was. I used to think of doing yoga inner work breath meditation breath all that stuff that comes along with it i was like yeah that's not for me it's one yeah. of the best things that could possibly ever happen to me so it's yes i'm looking very much forward to uh listening to that getting a little bit more of insight for myself but also for all the other listeners that you that the other people that you have that come on be good good so else where can people get you give us your your socials your website where if people want to find out more about you if people want to work with you where can they get in touch so i've got my so i'm on facebook chelsea k Bella. 
Um, I've got a YouTube, cha- YouTube channel up under Chelsea K. Vella and yeah, everything's on the Chelsea K. Vella. You'll be able to find me there. I'm really lucky that not a lot of people share my same last name. Oh, it's V-E-L-A. So one L for anybody else. Yep. And yeah, Chelsea K. Vella. And also, and also your TikToks. If anyone wants to, <laughs> anyone wants cute, cuteness, just an absolute belly laugh. Go and check out Chelsea's TikToks. As some of them are just the ones where you dance for the girls are really good, but the one, the ones that you've been doing lately on your own are just hilarious. Yeah, they're really getting some traction, and it's uh, yeah, it's just it's just funny. I think that we take things life so seriously lately, and we've just got to really just funny stuff yeah, the and thing I, I the thing i like about some people really struggle to do tiktoks and they look really fake and really try but you're just yeah the one that got 22 i won't i won't say what one it is i'll let people find it but the one that got like 22 000, it's one of the best TikToks. Eight thousand now it's just like, that's crazy thousand and i'm just like oh but uh yeah it was <laughs> that it is funny and i think i'll do some more but it, again it's all a, um, a journey and a process and everything that we kind of do but yeah definitely find me on um on tiktok as well i'll be there good fun part. well chelsea as always it's a pleasure speaking to you and it was nice to be able to share you and your journey with my hustle talk listeners so if listeners if you resonate with anything me and chelsea have spoke about please reach out to either myself or chelsea and you know where to find her on all of our socials chelsea thank you very much for your time thank you thank you so much for having me and thank you everybody for listening as well i really appreciate it talk to you later okay. bye bye let me just kind of, do you want to so that was another episode of hustle talk thank you very much for taking the time to listen my name's adam william daniel huey if you have any feedback any comments or if there's anyone who you would like me to interview anyone who brings you inspiration please let me know adam wd huey you can get me on instagram and facebook i'd love to hear from you for now huey out